The following is a Joel Mahalik production. The following episode of the Joel Mahalik Show takes place between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik, and uh, this week Sharon is taking a break because she's under the weather. So um, as she does that, we're going to do something interesting on the show today. I'll get into in just a second, but first, just to let you know uh, some business of the show. The webpage, uh, the new, well, it's not the new webpage, but the new way to get to the webpage, uh, visit us at jmtalk.net. Uh, again, that's jmtalk.net. You get there, you can click the subscribe button and subscribe to the show on your favorite player. Uh, you can also uh, punch up the 24-7 stream. That's right, 24-7 of the Joel Mahalik Show and soon to be some extras going in there as well. And when you're at the jmtalk.net website, just click on 24-7 stream. It's a button there and it will load for you so you can listen to it on any device that gets to a web browser pretty cool right so there you go you can also join us at facebook at jm talk and twitter wqyb radio and so the various ways also you can message us by sending us an email joelmaholicradio at gmail.com so yes as i said as i reported uh sharon is under the weather uh, and it is this weather, right? <laughs> we're like we're we're waiting for spring to get here, and we get teased a little bit, and then it goes back. This is like the worst part of the year, I think, because I know uh, personally I'm getting over like my third illness in like five weeks. <laughs> Every time I think I have a cold beat, I get a sinus infection. I get the sinus infection beat, I get the cold. Uh, so this is a terrible time of year to try to manage that. So, um, so she has it. And, um, so she is resting and hopefully spring will spring here very shortly. So we're looking forward to that. So what we are going to do, what I'm going to do is we're going to do part of the show. We're going to do another one of those flashback things, uh, which worked out really great the last time. Uh, flashback and kind of, kind of dipping into the files of my old show and pulling out some, some really good interviews and some stuff. And we did that when we, uh, when we did the, the flashback for Craig Shoemaker and, uh, in, in kind and sort of the same way, we're going to do a flashback, uh, even, uh, well, I was going to say even further back, but actually not as far back. Because the Craig Shoemaker actually was in my first year. And I believe this one is in like my third or fourth year. But anyway, what I am what I've uh, what I found is some great stuff when uh, I interviewed Cayenne Chris Conroy from a podcast that is still going today called Technical Difficulties. 
And so it's uh, the interview is still relevant today because he's still going. Longevity, man. And uh, he's a funny guy. He has a great podcast. And I'm still a subscriber as I was then. And I still get uh, opportunity uh, in between <laughs> being busy uh, to listen to some episodes. And he continues to do really good things uh, with the podcast. Um, so we're going to flash back to that. And then later on, of course, on the program, we have uh, you know our Honor Thy Heroes and our Wombat of the Week segment, so they'll be coming up after uh, the interview. But also, uh, something else to note, um, it's not just the interview. Leading up to the interview, uh, you'll meet some great people uh, that have uh, that were here before uh, on the old show. Lady B and Vita. Uh, interesting tidbit, Vita and I uh, were co-hosts when I started this whole thing. Uh, back in 2006, so uh, on the old show behind the mic, if you if, if you ever <laughs> the archives are out there in multiple places on the web, uh, you know. In fact, I think um, I, I I think you you might enjoy them. It's so like to go back and listen to them. They're so elementary, and you'll notice that you'll notice there's some some sound quality difference, and that's because of how old these shows are. And the, that's how rapid, like, w w I talk about it all the time, right, how technology changes. And it's no difference here when I go back and look at what we've been doing with audio, you know, 10, 15 years ago to now. And when you listen to it, you can definitely pick it up. And, uh, but, uh, so Lady B and Vita, and uh, if you can go back, the old Behind the Mic shows, there was some really interesting, uh, interesting stuff going on back there. And so uh, what I did with this flashback, actually, is the flashback uh, comes out of a break is where I started. So actually, after I'm done my little break uh, on, on the modern podcast, uh, we're actually going to lead off the flashback uh, coming into the show with... The, the the old comeback from break uh, stinger, if you will, or promo with, you know, uh, I'm grasping. This show used to air live on the internet every week, so. Um, but anyway, it was called the Behind the Mic Show, if you don't know, and if you have not heard me talk about that, that's what it's called. And when we come back from the break, we're flashing back all the way to, I think, about 2000, wow, uh, I'm not even sure. 2008 or 2009. So I'll meet you on the other side. Be right back after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations?
oops. Well, you say we try that one again, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, without the oops. Live, Live from Wilmington, Delaware, it's Behind the Mic, the radio show that talks about whatever. <laughs> Join us now as we dive into a variety of topics, from entertainment to politics and every aspect of life in between, mixed with a little fun, frolic, and mayhem. <laughs> Now, without further ado, here is your host of Behind the Mic, Joel Mahalik. Thank you, Ray. Welcome back to hour number two of the big season five. Take off Behind the Mic. I'm here with uh, Lady B and Vita. And Vita, it's so very, very nice to have you on board. Oh, I bet you say that to all your co-hosts. No, not really. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lady B, it is so nice to have you here. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I, Lady B and I just have, I thought we had this like kind of like tel- telepathic shine type of thing between us. And she just knew that I always thought that. Wow. Did you hear what she See? was just thinking? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I was watching. Have you have you ever gone online and seen where they do very creative people do trailers for movies that do not exist? Yes, really. Or they do parodies. Like I've seen someone take The Shining, take clips of The Shining, and make a trailer that makes it look like a rom- uh, romantic comedy instead of a horror. And I, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean, like, like that. But anyway, I've seen somebody take. Uh, the clip from The Shining, not the not, not the television miniseries, the movie, where uh, Scott McCruthers is talking to the boy in the kitchen over ice cream, mm-hmm. and uh, you know while he's talking in the original movie, he also starts telepathically shining, to you know so the boy can hear him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know they have him talking to him and then he says well who told you about this and he says tony did well he said well who's tony he says tony's the little boy that lives inside of my mouth and then they have scatman crothers while he's talking he starts shining he goes this kid's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he goes oh he heard me i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shelley Duvall should definitely not have won an Oscar for her performance. And I, I just every time I hear The Shining, I picture her running down the hall with her hands flat, flopping back and forth, one with a knife in it, and the other just her wrists are flopping back and forth. It's like is she Gumby? Listen, you haven't seen anything until you've take gotten the D- go get the DVD, rent it, okay. and even if you don't watch the movie, watch the extras, and they have like the making of. Yeah, you know, like behind the scenes, you know, really? she, oh my God, they would like call action and she would just start crying. What? Yeah. <laughs> she, she was a mess. They said she was high and everything on, on the set. Oh, I'll bet. I mean, you know, the whole thing with her head shaking back and forth. Oh, oh. Yeah. It's like, wow. Not, not that we condone that, <laughs> you know, on the show. I'm just, I'm just pointing out. See? See what drugs can do to you? Mm-hmm. Dag, Shelly. Here's a word. The word of the day is emote. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got to get her on. That ought to be a good show. Hi, Shelly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Remember that when she was backing up the steps? Check. Please. When she was backing up the steps? Please. How hard, how, why are you going to cry? How hard is it to memorize your lines? Check. Please. <laughs> Give me the Academy Award, people. Guys, I'm just the producer. Funny. I don't have any responsibility for these guys, okay? So just let you know now. <laughs> so, but yeah. The best part I ever saw her in was olive oil, to be honest with you. Right? <laughs> it was written just for her. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> if you get a chance, you gotta rent that movie. I have it, but you don't fly in often enough. No, I know. For, Where am I gonna go get it? Blockbusters and fuck closed down. Uh, really? Gotta yeah. get you gotta get it just for the extras. I will do that. So anyway, folks, we've come to that part of the show where we br- where we bring on yet another fantastic guest, and tonight. We have with us uh, the red hot chili pepper. Oh no! I just got it. Oh, sorry. The, the the man responsible for a very funny podcast, technical difficulties, which you can find at techdiff.com. That's t e k d i f f dot com to listen to uh, current and all the back episodes of the program. So please welcome on the program with us. Uh, right now, Cayenne, the man behind the show. Cayenne, how are you? Hello. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. You may not want to be on anymore after this. No, okay. we're just a, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, no. we're just a crazy bunch. But welcome to the program. Tell us a little bit about uh, technical difficulties. I mean, I've been listening to it. So, but for the listeners out there, tell us a little bit about the show. And uh, where the ideas for this came from? Well, it's like a um, it's it, it's my inspiration for it comes out of my my love of old time radio shows, seventies comedy records, uh, just any sort of audio comedy in general. Mm-hmm. And I like you know I love the whole idea of having a big cast of characters doing a lot of weird things uh, you know that you can see you know that you can't see but you can hear. Because you can always surprise somebody that way. So, and I, I wanted to do that for a really long time, but the technology didn't exist. And then when stuff like um, GarageBand and you know really really cheap, fast computers came along, and, and then podcasting came along, and sort of gave me an opportunity mm-hmm. to try it out. And right. uh, so that's what this podcast is. It's a very very multi layered, um, uh, you know, it's it's straight ahead kind of surreal Monty Pythonish comedy, a bit like the Firesign Theater if you remember them. Um, with you know lots of different characters, but since I have to play all the characters, it's just me doing you know multiple layers of stuff. You know, it's all multi-tracked, and I just have to play it, reel it back, play the next voice. You know, and sometimes I'll have up to six or seven characters at a time arguing with each other, and it's all me doing all the different voices and all the different characters. Oh and it, wow! It, it's now, a lot I'm... like yeah, it's like Monty Python or the Fire Science Theater or the old Goon Show, if you remember that at all from the fifties. Right. Just really now... fast, rapid fire. And sort of whatever I can get away with in half an hour or, or less, and then get in and get out. How many hours a week do you spend with your shrink? 
with my shrink. Uh, no, I mean, this is my therapy. She, I, uh, we, I went into therapy once and I played the show for her and she said, yeah, we're done here. <laughs> she just said, get out. You're cured. <laughs> You're I'm saying, just glad you get found out an outlet office. for it. Now get out of my office. <laughs> Excuse me, oh. Kayan, do you mind if I smoke? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Be my guest. Uh, so... Do you do all the writing as well? Yeah, although I have to say, a lot of people ask me about how I do the writing, and it's not, it's sort of semi-improvised. I mean, I don't write anything down before I start a show. I'll just have a bunch of notes, and then I'll just sort of do it. And then wow. I kind of write it. Lucky you, I don't even carry notes. Sorry, what? No. I said, lucky you, I don't even carry notes. Oh, well. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, in other words, I have no notes about what I want to talk to you about during this oh, interview. Oh. That's 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 my favorite type of interview, to be honest. And, and it's worked well for me too. Shoot from the hip, and you yep. learn more. Right. Um, yeah. So I just yeah I just go in. So so the writing. I guess the writing is the show. You know, it's the mm-hmm. the recording track. So I don't. I just kind of come up with the characters, and they sort of speak for themselves. And then I think of a joke, and then how do I get from you know once the joke's over, I go well, where do I go from here? And then I just let the sound effects and the and the rest of it go. And so the show. That, that can sometimes result in a show that's a little, you know, less than satisfying when you get to the fun, when get to the end. But sometimes it all works out, and the, the the jokes all flow together, and the punchlines form up just right. And the, sometimes I'll manage to get a joke in that kind of calls back to earlier in the show, right at the end, or, and sometimes not. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you have no idea necessarily where it's going to happen uh, and where it's going to go. It's just I I just sort of let the thing take me where where it's where it's going to take me sometimes and sometimes the shows are carefully planned but more often than not i just sort of it's more fun if even i don't know what's going to happen next uh so i just sit down and record and let it happen and then then on friday i put it up wow i guess i spend about two to three hours a day on the show during the week you know four to five days a week and then frantically running around and screaming and you know kicking myself right down to the last minute to try and get it up on time (laughs) <laughs> uh, now, do, do you uh, do you end up at, at any point in time getting some help with the voices, or are the voices all strictly yours? Are you going to ask him if the voices are in his head? Oh, well, we know the voices are in his head. Okay. Yeah, they are in my head, yes. The, I have occasionally brought in a guest <laughs> star, but um, a friend of mine named John, I did a sh- series early on called Zoo Patrol. That was something that John and I cooked up. My friend John Henry, who's a local uh, hip-hop artist, um, he, uh, th- but apart from that, and you know, occasionally someone will send me a piece, or someone I know will be over the house, and I'm like, hey, you want to record a quick bit? But that, I'd say, 99 percent of the rest of it is just me. Wow. Just wow. Doing- That's incredible. Yeah. Now, where now, where do you pull? All right. So you don't write. You kind of just shoot from the hip. Where do you pull the material for? I mean, I mean, okay, you're going to sit down. You're not going to have a script. You're going to sit down. And just kind of work. But where are you pulling ideas from out of the, you know, out of the air from like what, from work experiences, things that go on, you know, uh, Anything and everything. Um, Some some experiences that I've had in my life, just jokes I will think up, you know, I'll I'll just be sitting around thinking, you know, how, you know, someone says they're pleased as punch. And I'll be like, really, how pleased as punch? I've never been that... I've never known Punch to be pleased. You know, something like that. That that'll just trigger a joke, and I'll go like, "All right, well, that'll be a joke." And then I'll try to get there. And sometimes, you know, one of the characters will say something, and that'll that line will let me jump off onto something else. 
you know, someone will start screaming at somebody else, and then I'll decide I, this this joke's over. So somebody walk, somebody busts into the room and breaks the joke up, and it, it. I get the and the ideas just come from you know whatever happens to be more more out of sheer panic, I guess, than anything else. You're trying to right. get the show done is is the big inspiration for it. But whatever I've read that week, whatever. Um, you know, wherever it would come from, you know, I mean, I, I can't, I don't really think about it too much about where I draw the inspiration from because it's just sort of there when I need it for the most part. Wow. That is, that's fascinating. I'm trying, I, I'm just trying to, wow, you know, it's hard enough to get on here and talk with people. And I'm trying, I'm trying, just trying to visualize that you just, that you're able to just put this out. Uh, you know, without any type of prior planning, which is a which is a talent. It is a talent to be able to do that. Yeah. It, well, thank you. But the the it it does result in a lot of retreading, though. I mean, in other words, I'll have to I'll be recording the show and then get halfway through an episode and realize nothing's working or what I was working on isn't working. I'll have to back up and start over or just rescue the best bits and and try to pour them into something else or I'll find myself telling a joke and then realizing I've already told it it's like mm -hmm. I've got this really funny idea this is hilarious and then I'll play it and then someone will write me and go you know you did that one already about six months ago I'm like damn because <laughs> uh, I've forgotten but they can be uh, revisited yeah they can well yeah they're usually different enough that, that it doesn't maybe I just got away with it I don't know but <laughs> I Think of it this way: How many times have, have comedians been able to retweak and revisit their own material? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. The the but it, but at the same time, it's kind of I don't think I pride myself on being able to do this much material and have it all be new. But you also don't want to find yourself just doing, you know, a lot of comedians did revisit their material and killed it that way. You know, and just it, it was like yeah, yeah. I don't. Do you remember Benny Hill? Yes. Yeah, Benny Hill did a lot of the same jokes over and over again. When you watched a bunch of them in succession, you went, hey, wait a minute. Now, he did a show <laughs> once a year, so that, or once every few months, so he could get away with it. But when I'm doing it, and it's like, you know, and plus, this is the Internet. Everybody has a right to complain on the Internet, you know. And right. The sure right, number of times people have called up and complained because they, they didn't, you know, where they, where they send you ideas for stuff and then complain that you didn't use them or something like that, or they... they um, get mad at you because they thought the show was something that, you know, that there was something about the show they really, really liked, and then it was just a one-off gag that I did, and maybe that was the first show they listened to, and right. suddenly they'll decide every show was, should be exactly like their favorite episode, and then they call the, and then they write me a nasty letter saying, why wasn't it just like the way I like it? You suck. And then I never hear from them again. <laughs> I guess well, great, at least comedy, you get I hate mail, know. you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I always, at least you get hate mail. I, I've always said that if you know, when you look at uh, talk show hosts, comedians, whatever, mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't have people that don't like what you're doing, then you're not doing your job right. You're not everyone's going to like it. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've gotten the, yeah. well, <laughs> from really early on when they did the iTunes Music Store ratings, I've gotten very, you know, I've gotten, you know, very thankfully a lot of good ratings on it. And every once in a while I'll get a one-star rating. And there are two that I remember off the top of my head that, both of them annoyed me a little bit, but not for, for strange reasons. One was that this uh, suddenly the it was a perfect example of pod fade. You know, I'd only done like a dozen episodes at this point, 
It was like it started off with so much promise, and then just, just the promise just leaked away, and suddenly he's just devolved into leftist humor or something like that. I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I've only done 12 episodes. Where, and it was a weekly show. I mean, <laughs> I didn't realize I had, you know, I, I didn't realize I'd, I'd jumped the shark so soon. And the other one was a one-star review because the guy couldn't figure out how to actually download it. <laughs> Threw off my whole curve. was like, I can't download this. It doesn't work. One star. So he, so <laughs> Thanks, he experienced guys. technical difficulties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm stupid. Your show sucks. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I punish you now for my stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> so, but see, that, that kind of works like in any business, you know? Well, yeah. Fast food business, retail business, you know, if yeah. the customer's stupid or can't understand, it's all your fault. Mm-hmm. You yeah. work there. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the putting the hot cup of coffee on the dashboard and then driving yeah, really yeah. fast. Yeah, or between your legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my fault somehow. <laughs> my guess so, is uh, that, that have person have would you, actually would have sued me up? for doing that at McDonald's if they'd known what my my show was. <laughs> I'm I'm telling. Cayenne, <laughs> <laughs> have you have you done stand up? No, I haven't. I my brain does not work that way. People have often told me you should try doing stand up, and really, I don't. Well, the idea of doing stuff live is intriguing, although a little scary. Um, whenever I'm put on the spot for a joke, or whenever I try to remember material and try to figure out a way to perform it live, I kind of freeze up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not good at improv, and I'm not good at stand up and plus my stuff is kind of a lot of a lot of my stuff is really sound effects based so or multiple multiple characters talking at once based that's how my my humor works right so, okay so that's the idea of doing stand-up it's like just one and i i have nothing but respect for stand-up people because that's really is the rawest form of entertainment there is just you and a microphone and mm-hmm. you know sink or swim and I got a lot of friends who are stand-up comedians, but the kind of jokes I do and the kind of jokes I like to do um, don't really work in that venue. I could see doing it with a small cast and maybe somebody with a little sound effects generator off to one side, like pretending it's a radio show. And mm-hmm. as long as the audience gets the idea that they're not going to see what's going what's happening, they have to kind of imagine what's going to happen. Oh that, that no, you can't fun, do but- that. People well, have no imagination anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I mean, what he's doing with uh, the podcast, though, is that theater of the mind thing. You know, it does make people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's uh, the, to me, that is the fun of it, is the, the fact that... I did work in video briefly. There's a show we did uh, that my wife and a friend of ours did that is on... Uh, um, most of it's available on YouTube, if not all of it, called Channel Surfing Wipeout, which was a public access comedy show. Um, and it had a lot of the same humor in it, but I found that it was so much more effective if you couldn't see what was going on. And it was much easier, too, because really all you need is a sound effect. You know, you need a sound effect of crickets, and then you can turn around and say, well, it's night, and it is, because the audience just filled that part in for you. So it's a lot right. cheaper and faster. And if you've ever worked in video or film or anything, you know, it takes hours just to do one tiny little thing, whereas it takes me, in hours, I could have, you know, 15 minutes of, stuff, of material ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the theater of the mind is my favorite. But that's why I loved it. I love old radio shows. I love comedy records because you you can't you can't see it. You have to imagine all this stuff. Yeah, my favorite uh, records I used to listen to uh, uh, comedy records were, of course, Cheech and Chong, George mm-hmm, Carlin. Yeah. No, I'm Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, Dave's and not here. Yeah, okay, I think I blew that one. I'm sorry, but yeah, that, that was uh, any of the Cheech and Chong stuff was really great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, uh, well the, the the best Dave one is when uh, you know, when he was calling for Dave on the phone. He goes through that whole spiel, and then all of a you know, the, the final word is, no, Dave's not here. Yes. He had to spend five miserable minutes <laughs> trying to talk to the guy over the party. Yeah. I but that uh, It's been a while since I heard the Cheech and Chong ones. My, I actually didn't own those. My cousin owned them, so he brought them over one time. We were listening to them, and I was like, oh, this is great. I didn't oh, get. I, I was still like own them. And so I didn't get yeah. the drug references all that much. Well, actually, I did get the drug references, but they weren't as funny because I, <laughs> I hadn't tried drugs. But um, <laughs> plus but the fact the, uh, that I have funny. one question I mean, about yeah. that. Sorry, what? Did the album? Did I have one question about the Cheech and Chong albums your friend brought over? Yeah. Did it have the paper still in it? You know, they didn't. I think he must have gotten it from someone else. <laughs> didn't have the papers in it. Or he used them. Oh, maybe he did, yeah, but probably not for smoking anything. He probably thought, I lit it on fire. It wasn't. I don't get it. I lit it on fire. I got to tell you, that was one big joint. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we used ours, man. <laughs> it's a split the size of a table leg, you know, as always. You know. yeah, I've seen people have those, too, you know. <laughs> it was a very large party. Yeah. <laughs> For me and me alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still going on. <laughs> well, as a uh, uh, you, you had sent us a clip, which is good because we we're just just talking about how you know the way you do things would not work live as well as it works the way it is. So uh, why don't we run that clip so people get a taste of what you're talking about because it does work the way you do it right, right now. And uh, here, here's here's actually a double clip from the show. Technical difficulties. Tonight on Urgent Care. Dr. Feingold? That would be me, nurse. First of all, I'm not a nurse. I'm a doctor. Well, how was I supposed to know that? Well, I'm wearing my Kevlar doctor's armor. Just look at me. So you are. My mistake, nurse. Doctor. Yes, that's me. What is it, nurse? No, I'm a doctor, not a nurse. Now, hold on a second there, missy. We can't both be doctors. Yes, we can. This is a hospital. It's filled with doctors. This hospital is filled with doctors? Well, of course it is. Good God, are they all sick? Well, as a matter of fact, most of them are. That's why I'm here. This could be a medical crisis of biblical proportions. I don't remember there being any sick doctors in the Bible. I think it's in the book of Revelations or Ecclesiastes, the Two Towers, something like that. So what are we going to do, Dr. Rheingold? Prep this man for surgery! What man? We're the only ones in this room. I, well, uh, hmm. Uh. So, do you need any surgery done? Oh, I don't know. I've been having a little trouble with my hoo-ha lately. Really? Well, nurse, I have just the remedy for a problem like that. I'm a doctor. Really? Well, maybe you can do some surgery on me, then. Well, what's the problem, doctor? Evidently, my nurse is having trouble with her hoo-ha. All right, then. Let's prep you for someone else's emergency hoo-ha surgery. Hot diggity! Hold the phone there, doctor. Head surgeon McNamara, what's the problem? We have something urgent to take care of. Does it have to do with all the doctors who are sick? That's right, doctor. All the doctors in urgent care have come down with avian swine flu. Great spangled soccer cleats! How could this have happened, doctor? Because they were all practicing surgery on each other. All of them? Well, it was going on behind each other's backs, so they didn't know about it, but yes. My God, this is horrible. It's worse than you could imagine. I don't know. I've got a pretty creative imagination. So do I. Just ask my last six wives. You've never been married, Ryan Got Oh, wait, I see you imagined all of them. Ah, see? I don't understand, doctor. How could this possibly be worse than imagining someone married to him? Trust me, it is, albeit not much. Think about it. Avian swine flu. Hmm, avian swine avian flu. Swine, but wait a minute. You don't mean flying pigs. That's right. Every incredible, unbelievable statement ever followed by... When pigs fly is coming true, even as we speak. God in heaven. Doctor, this can't possibly be true. I assure you it is, Doctor. Just look out any window. Let me see. Good Lord, it's true. The whole world is gone. There's nothing out there but a dense, impenetrable mist. But I can see words. Words written across the sky in blue and green. That's not the window, that's the whiteboard. Oh. 
Well, that makes a certain amount of sense. Now, I couldn't figure out why someone would have written Don't Forget Donuts for the next meeting across the sky. This is a crisis of biblical proportions. Now, once again, I've read the Bible. I don't remember anything about sick doctors or flying pigs in it. It's in the book of Louis. I don't remember that book. Me neither. Oh, they just added it. You should give it a read. It's a real pisser. Paid for by people who throw a switch and say, So, boss, what do you think of our new public service announcement? So, boss, what do you think of our new public service announcement? God, you're predictable, Anderson, but that's why I like you. You're predictable like a fox. Oh, you think so, sir? Yes, if I leave you around British nobility. You're likely to get chased and killed by their dogs. Yes, that's just what happened on the business trip to the UK last year. Which brings me to why I've had you resurrected from the dead, Anderson. I have a job for you. Oh, I thought it was because you missed my company as a human being. Oh, don't be stupid. I have my warm, nostalgic thoughts about the good old days to get me through. So what's this job you have for me, sir? Well, here, take this, Anderson. What's that? This is a portable time machine. I want you to take it and use it to go back in time to just before I gave you this portable time machine. Wouldn't that create a paradox that would unravel the entire universe? That's exactly what we're hoping for. Come on in. Hello, sir. Hello, me. Ah, Anderson, good. You're back in a cosmological sense. Yes, excuse me for a moment, please. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. All right, I'm off. Happy apocalypse, everybody. Now, you've just prevented yourself from traveling forwards in time before it even happened, thus creating the paradox. Precisely. Now, if every time travel movie and TV show I've ever seen is correct, then the universe should start destroying itself any second now. So we just sit back and wait? That we do. And so, sometime later... Well, the universe seems to be just the same as it was before, sir. You're right. There seems to be some sort of snag in my plan. All right, nothing for it. Here, take this. That's the time machine, isn't it? Yes, in fact, it's the same one I gave you before. So you haven't given me this one yet? No, but I'm giving it to you now. What about the one my future self has? Come on in. Hello again, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I'll take that. Yes. Okay. This one's right. yours. Well, thanks. Ah, the plot thickens. So my future self just gave me back the time machine that he took from me, which is the same time machine that he just took from me now and left with. Exacto mundo. Now we'll see some action. And so, sometime later... Still nothing happening, sir. And damn it, I can't figure out what's gone wrong here. Well, time's a funny thing, sir. All right, well, let's take this from the top. Here, take this time machine. We already did this. Come on in. Hi, back again. All right, hold everything. Um, now, come over here. All right. All right, now, yes. give me the one you've got. Okay. Now, you take uh, this one. Right. right. Now, the one you've got um, there. Okay. Hand okay. it back to him. Right. Give me that one, yeah. All right, now, this time, you leave with me. It. Yes, and you sit down here. Oh, okay. Okay, bye. Feel any different? No, I'm exactly the same, I'm afraid. I don't understand. The universe should have been a singularity by now. Come on in. Hi, back again. No, this isn't fair. I haven't given him the other time machine yet. Yeah, but I think I figured it out. Has he still got his? Well, yes. And a boss, do you have yours? Uh, yeah, here it is right here. All right, let's try switching them all on in this room all at once. Just all three of them at the same time? Well, wouldn't that just send us all back in time all at once? Exactly. What good will that do? No idea, but I say let's give it a whirl. Dangerously unsound thinking. Okay, everybody, on three. One, two, two three. three. So, boss, what do you think of our new public service announcement? Ah, been there, done that. And there's next, sir, from Technical Difficulties. That is some funny stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is some <laughs> funny, funny stuff. Uh, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing it since, yo, oh, I'm coming up on my fifth anniversary next month. So that would be almost weekly since uh, February of 2005. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so that's about, I counted that out just recently. That's Now, granted, there's, I, I think I made allowances for the, um, the chatter you put on the beginning at the end of shows and, and stuff like that, but it's about 75 hours of original material. Wow. Five years. He's competing with us. That's what he's doing. Right. <laughs> I see how it is now. I'm impressed. I mean, it, that it, was incredible. Well, thank you. But it is kind yeah. of, it's also, um, you also have to remember, it's, it's also a, a sad, lonely, pathetic, crazy person in their room pretending to be lots of people into a microphone, too, so... 
So I guess there's a trade-off there. You get lots of work done, but on the other hand, you know, people think you're weird. <laughs> That's all. Right. And the best part too is that my friends, all my friends, know I do the show. They just don't listen to it. That's all. <laughs> you still do that show yeah, of yours? We, yeah, we I've done too. it. Eight, I've done it nearly eighty hours of it. That's nice. <laughs> no wonder the poor guy started off going to see a shrink. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly it's um, you know, those, those seventy-five radio hours is uh, you know, you should be proud of that. That's a, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. You know, like I say, uh, John Bell actually turned me on to your show. Oh yeah, yeah, Bell's in the bathroom is great. I love that show. And, he's got such a uh, great voice too. He's he's got such that he's got that perfect radio voice. Oof, hate him for that. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I keep trying to copy that, you know, every once in a while. You know, you try to pull out the perfect radio voice announcer character guy, and, you know. Maybe and, it sounds like uh, you're He just, he just got it naturally, and it just drives me up the wall because, you know, as soon as I stop talking, I sound like my Staten Island accent comes back, and then, yeah, the whole <laughs> thing. And the, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> well, it sounds like you're getting the impression down pretty good. Of which? Of the radio guy? Oh, yeah. The radio guy. Well, it sounds a little bit too forced because I do that, you know, it's, it's, it's the radio, yeah, it's the, you know, the, 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 are you having medical problems? You know, that's, that voice doesn't really actually, I thought of, I thought of trying to do, uh, get some professional voiceover work here in, the, in Minneapolis. Um, there actually is a very large voiceover community for industrial films. But the only problem is hmm. when I listen to industrial films, yeah, it's a strangely large market for that. I think it's because they want that Midwestern accent. Um, but the weird thing about it is that they don't seem to use that voice anymore. Now they tend to like people who have a voice like this, which I've kind of trained myself out of sounding like. I don't know why. Right. Maybe, Pickle, uh, Vita, maybe he, can, he can help on our next project. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you have the pajangles? Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, the damn kids stop. stolen your car? I know they've stolen mine. Cayenne, is that a uh, is that a uh, given name, or is that your uh, stage name that you come up with? Somebody come up that, with that for you? That's a stage name and a given name. It's my, my, real, my real name is Chris Conroy. Um, but uh, years ago, I was trying to get into. I didn't start off trying to do audio comedy or acting. I was going to be a cartoonist, and I had gotten involved in the comic book industry, and things weren't going anywhere. But somebody wrote me a letter saying. Hey, I read that really cool thing you wrote about the comics industry, uh, and, and I was like, that's great. I never wrote anything about the comics industry. And then they sent me a link to this site, and it turns out there was another Chris Conroy out there involved in the comic book industry. And then I did a search of my, my name, of the name Chris Conroy. It turns out just about every field I was interested in being in, there was already a Chris Conroy working in that. <laughs> Wow. And I come across, I was in a, looking at a spice rack, and I came across, like, you know, ginger and pepper and, you know, cream of tartar, all those common names. And the, the and I thought, you know, Cayenne, I came across it. I was like, wow, that's a nice name. You know, I, if I had a kid, I'd give them a cool name like Cayenne, you know, the same way people have names like Ginger. And then, mm -hmm. you know, when I thought, well, I need to change my name because, you know, there's so many people out there named Chris Conroy in the comics, you know, there are people in the comics industry and photo photographers and filmmakers and script writers and all this stuff. And I said, all right, well, I'll just stick Cayenne, you know, in it somewhere. And I, it ended up going on the front because Chris Cayenne Conroy didn't make any sense. And not that Cayenne Chris Conroy makes more sense, but it sounded better. It was like Buffalo Bill <laughs> Cody, I guess. 
I actually thought of changing my name legally to that, but then I found out that's a massive pain in the butt to actually change all your credit card information and your social security. So, so the nice thing about oh, this yeah. stage name is that I don't have to change anything else. <laughs> I can just stick it on the front and people use it, and then <laughs> and then I don't have to actually. Then I can just you know when I when they pull out a check, you know, I have to write a check. They're like, oh, Chris Conroy. You know, so. <laughs> Well, the show the the uh, the show is called Technical Difficulties. You can find it at techdiff.com, and it comes out weekly. Is it? Yeah, it's weekly. Well, it, this last year, it, it, the I changed the schedule up a bit because it was supposed to be a weekly show. It was a weekly show up until last year, and then I decided to do sort of in blocks. So I was mm-hmm. doing the comedy series. I did twelve episodes of the comedy series, and then I did uh, about a dozen episodes of a drama series. I'm doing called The Account, which is, is sort of inside of that. Um, well, dra- comedy, drama, fantasy series. So it's more right. along an old radio show. And then I took some... So I take time off in between. And then... Um, so the next season, quote-unquote, I guess that's the way you put it, starts this, this coming Friday. So if you go to techdiff.com and subscribe to the feed on iTunes or from there, the RSS feed, if you know how to do that with the podcast, uh, or if you just go there weekly, every Friday there'll be a new episode up until I'm done doing this run of shows, and then I'll take a break and move on to the next project, and then take another break, and then do some more comedy, and then like that, and just keep cycling through it like that. Right, keeps the variety going. Yeah, keeps it interesting well, for me, certainly. Well, uh, we do appreciate you stopping by. I'd like to have you back. You know, maybe sure. we get you and John to come on and argue in a whole, a whole bunch of voices. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, it was our pleasure having you on. The well, show is fantastic. I love it. Uh, I'm already a subscriber, and I thank oh. you for that. Oh, thank you. This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON, The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. So I use my computer every day. Not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue, and you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back to the show. It's the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik. Thanks for hanging out and staying with us. Uh, hoping that you enjoyed that flashback segment where we talked to Kyan Chris Connery from the podcast Technical Difficulties. And uh, we'll have that information for his podcast, uh, techdiff.com, on the show notes for this show. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we have introduced uh, a new audience of people to his program and uh, make sure you tell them that I said hi, uh, should you subscribe. And I hope you do. I hope you do. Um, so thanks for listening to that. 
Um, and we're going to do them every once in a while. We're going to do these flashback pieces and kind of uh, bring some of that that stuff up here. Um, because I think you will enjoy it. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I do this because I enjoy it. I enjoy entertaining you. We enjoy entertaining you. And there's some really good stuff in the archives that I feel necessary to bring up here and uh, entertain you with. So, now, um, our next, uh, the, the next part of the show, the next part is our, um, <laughs> our critically acclaimed, I don't even know if it is, I just want to say, this is our critically acclaimed segment, Wombat of the Week! <laughs> Wombat of the Week. This is, uh, this, you know, stupid people doing stupid things, and, uh, you can join in on the fun by submitting your Wombat of the Week story to the program, simply email the link to a news story of stupid people doing stupid things to wombat at joelmahalik.com or joelmahalikradio at gmail.com. You can also submit your stories in a message on the Facebook page at JM Talks or get those stories in and help me, help you, help me, help you, help me, help you get these stories. Um, so there was actually two, I spoke too soon. The first one wasn't really going to be a wombat story, but I thought it was kind of, um, uh, I'm not even sure the right words, uh, karma maybe, I don't know. Um, but now that I've already mentioned it, so it's going to be a double winger. The first one actually has to do with Lori Lachlan's daughter, Olivia Jade. Uh, as you know, Lori Lachlan, who was, uh, arrested, uh, earlier uh, <laughs> in March, along with actress Felicity Hoffman and 47 other individuals in relation to the extensive college admission, admission scandal, uh, plus their alleged involvement in paying large sums of money to fraudulently secure their children's admissions into elite universities. So um, the court documents uh, show that uh, Lachlan and her husband paid bribes totaling a half a million dollars to have Olivia and her sister Isabella designated as recruits to the University of Southern California crew team despite not ever actually participating in the sport. So if you did not know uh, about Lori Lachlan, you, now you're up to date. But here's what happened. Her daughter uh, had her own issues with Trademark and her own beauty brand because of poor punctuation. According to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, Olivia Jade attempted to have Olivia Jade Beauty and her name trademarked. However, she was rejected because of her vague language and grammar mistakes. Um, the wording makeup kits comprised of moisturizer, primer, concealer, foundation, makeup powder, makeup pencils, eye makeup, eyeshadow, eyeliner, mascara, blush, highlighter, bronzer, makeup setting spray, lipstick, lip gloss, lip stains, makeup remover. In the amended identification of goods is indefinite and must be clarified because of the nature of moisturizer and concealer. They must be further specified. This was uh, this was on the documents of the rejection. I mean, it, there's got to be some other punctuation in there. I that was really run on. I mean, I sounded like an idiot reading it, but that's part of that's the poor grammar. And uh, and also she she's too vague, uh, so she has to uh, it has to be specified. Um, 
The uh, patent office also added in their letter, they issued on March 15th, that in addition, applicant must correct the punctuation in the identification to clarify the individual items in the list of goods. They, uh, they say proper punctuation and identification is necessary to delineate explicitly each product or service within a list and to avoid ambiguity, the office further explains. Commas, semicolons, and apostrophes are the only punctuation that should be used in an identification of goods and or services. So now, Olivia has six months to amend the file or it will result in the abandonment of the application. So, what's what's ironic here is the parents paid uh, a, basically a bribe of a half a million dollars and wanted to get them into college, an elite college. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is there's some grammar issues there on the application for her beauty line, for the patent, and for the trademark. And one can't help but wonder, wow. I mean, really, that's the, when I, that's what come to my mind when I, when I saw that. Wow. I mean, how'd you do in school, honey? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so maybe going back to high school instead of being uh, having your parents blackmail you into a college may help so you can kind of get something going here with your grammar possibly so all right a little sip uh, okay so that's that <clears throat> i really miss sharon because my voice is worn out so um on to the actual original wombat of the week uh which is a man arrested for fighting with himself and pulling his down pulling his pants down at a south jersey wawa uh yeah uh, in Little Egg Harbor, a South Jersey man arrested Tuesday after police say he was fighting with himself and exposed his genitals in a Little Egg Harbor Township Wawa. Uh, police say that they were called to the Mystic Islands Wawa at 9 p.m. last Tuesday for a male acting suspicious. Witnesses say 37-year-old Jason Kramer was under the influence of something. After speaking with him, Kramer was sent on his way and said he had made arrangements for transportation home. About 15 minutes later, however, police were called back to the Wawa after witnesses say Kramer began fighting with himself out in front of the store, reportedly punching himself in the face and scratching his eyes. He scratched his eyes! Uh, several witnesses told police that Kramer had pulled his pants down, exposed and grabbed his genitals and began yelling obscenities at customers. Well, hell... Isn't this a regular? Isn't this a regular morning at Wawa in South Jersey? I mean, <laughs> or southeastern Pennsylvania, maybe in Delaware County. Uh, so, like, I, I I don't see anything wrong with this. No, that's not that's not true. Don't get the wrong impression uh, the, about me. <laughs> Obviously, there's something wrong with this guy, but uh, it it's just so funny in a way. Uh, and and sad when you think of you know uh, you know here's here's someone else who obviously needs some sort of help and is probably not getting proper help for some sort of mental disorder. So all right, there's serious undertones to it, but there's also funny undertones to this uh, the, about you know where it takes place, you know. Um, but anyway, but anyway, 
Uh, he was arrested and charged with lewdness, and he was released and transported home, pending a future court date. You know, the reality of it here, folks, is these people need help. They need help. That's what they need. So, hopefully he gets it. Hopefully, through the court system, maybe he gets some proper help. But if you read my blog on the uh, on the deinstitutionalizing of mental health facilities, then uh, the reality, sadly, is he probably won't. But for the comic part of that, he is our wombat of the week. So make sure you get your stories in uh, if you if you have any, uh, and let us know uh, because you know there's only there's a lot of them out there, but. I need people to send me some real whoppers. You know what I mean? That's what we need. And uh, and get those stories in. So, uh, during this final stretch of the show, as I like to call it, we also honor a hero each week. Uh, this one, there's... The, there's uh, it, uh, I, I have no names for these heroes. There's so many heroes involved in this story that the only way, basically, to bring you... The story is to uh, give it to you from the other side. What do I mean by that? Well, a terminally ill Wisconsin girl who loves dogs was able to spend a day with canine officers uh, over uh, the weekend a couple weeks ago. Emma Mertens, seven years old, diagnosed with diffuse intristic pontingloma, a rare inoperable brain tumor, uh, was able to have this visit. Since her diagnosis... Emma has received countless photos and letters from friends and supporters to help cheer her up. But a couple weeks ago on Saturday, Emma was met by canine officers from almost 40 different police departments at her home. And they brought the dogs. Uh, Emma's support Facebook posted, There are no words, just pure joy. Thank you everyone who took the time to organize and participate in this. Emma is still... After the event, all smiles. And so, um, I this is fantastic. You know, you see these stories about uh, terminally ill children. Who, you know, they wanted to grow up be a cop. They're made an honorary cop. Uh, you know, honorary fireman. You know, all these different things. Um, and this, this, this is similar, but then it takes its own turn, right? So here's a girl who loves dogs is terminally ill and somebody organized this and had police departments from I think it was 35 or 36 different police departments come to this girl's home come to her home with the canine units okay so she can spend an entire day just loving on these dogs I mean this is just amazing this is it's really something uh, by the police to do this. It uh, really tugs at your heartstrings that they did this. And um, and uh, it's awesome that they did. And like I said, unfortunately, the, the story doesn't lay out the departments and, and the police officers. And, that, and the reason why is because that doesn't matter. What matters is the effort uh, that they all pulled together to do. That's what matters uh, in this story. So, um, 35 different departments and many more K-9 units uh, come out and just pay a visit to this girl. 
and you know did the right thing and because of that nameless they're all heroes they're all heroes and uh and emma and team emma uh heroes as well emma martins and uh, we wish her the best and you know um and we thank everybody every police department every police officer from every police department that was involved all the canine units thank you for their service and taking this special time out for emma uh you know from from your busy schedules and coming from you know all the miles that you did um it's just it is pure joy and uh we here at the joel mahalik show thank you for your service to the communities uh very gracious and 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 we honor you this week on honor thy heroes um so there you have it now if you have a story of everyday heroes i need them too okay and you can also send them to joelmaholicradio at gmail.com or pass them through on the facebook page we need them uh just as much as we need the other ones more so because we make it a top priority to try to honor a different hero each week. And unfortunately, I know I say this all the time, I know I'm beating the horse. I know it's a broken record. But it's just, and it's not fair, it's just not a lot of these stories in mainstream media. Now, damn it, mainstream media, get on board and start talking about the good things that people do. It's pretty much that simple. So... But while I am waiting for the mainstream media to do something right, you can send those stories off to us. We would appreciate them, and we will blast them out on the show and on social media networks. So uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining the show today. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, JMTalk.net is the website. And uh, from the website, as I said, besides uh, being able to listen to the show, you can listen to 24-7 stream. You can click on that. You can also subscribe to the show. Uh, we're on almost everything, uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart. We're there, man. We are there. So you just got to come over and uh, click the button and do it. Um, and let's see, what else? Am I missing anything? I think I got all the business stuff. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll be checking in with you again next week. But if you can't wait that long, come see us on the 24-7 stream at jmtalk.net. Until next week, everybody, take care of yourselves. We'll see you again. Bye-bye. <laughs>